0: Hey everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a Femme Over 40 and Her Friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Today, uh, so first of all, thank you for joining me on my podcast. I'm super excited that you're here uh, without you. It's just me talking into a microphone in my house with my cat snoring next to me. So I'm super glad you're here and I'm really excited to talk about this. So today we're going to talk about releasing habits that no longer serve you. Um, that is something that I really struggled with for a super long time, uh, in my life. And I can kind of now with the like glorious hindsight of being 41 years old and having all this life I've lived, um, I can really truly tell you that it has changed my life being willing, just being willing to release some things that weren't serving me. And and like being willing to actually even see that they weren't serving me. Because sometimes you can like just, you know, there have totally been times in my life where I was like um, actively ignoring the fact that every single time I drank a cup of coffee, it like destroyed my insides. I knew where every single restroom, uh, every single Starbucks in Manhattan was, because I worked in Manhattan uh, moving around a lot for business. And I would have to find bathrooms constantly and like, but yet I would insist on continuing to drink coffee all day long because it's what I wanted to do. Right. Uh, So I just didn't even, uh, I wasn't willing to even see the correlation of my digestion and the coffee I was drinking. And so just, if you had told me 10 years ago that I would give up coffee, um, within the decade, I would have lied. just laughed, totally laughed at you. And yeah, I did it. So um, I've got a lot of experience releasing habits that like are things I just never I, it was such a part of my identity being a coffee drinker. I think here's what I think happened. I think I drank all the coffee I get to have in my whole lifetime. When I was in law school, I was drinking like, I don't even think they had venti back then because I'm old. Um, no, they didn't have Trenta back then. I think they had just started having venti. But I was drinking like, multiple 20 ounce coffees a day. And it's, it's too much. It's too much for a regular person's digestion uh, to manage. And especially if you're a person like me who has a chronic digestive disorder, which I think had a lot to do with the, the, the things that my digestive system was just not tolerating. Um, anyway, so I've had to do a lot of habit changes around what I put in my mouth and what I put in my body. And so I'm just going to just I don't do a lot of content warnings on this show, but I just want to say if you're in like eating disorder recovery or food stuff is really triggering for you, skip this episode, go back and listen to episode 49 about people pleasing. It's a good one. Um, I could really talk about people pleasing for three hours, but I gave it like, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. Um, but if you want to learn about releasing habits, I'm here to tell you all of my tips and tricks. So um, on the list of things I tried to come up with a list of things I've released um and in the in a roughly chronological order. OK, so nail biting. I gave that up in law school. Um, self-hate. I also gave that up roughly in law school and undergrad. Uh, shaming my own body. Uh, toxic, codependent, romantic obsession. Um I love the way I worded that. I just <laughs> I thought of it yesterday. I was like, that's really what it was. It was just toxic, codependent, romantic obsession. Seeking my value through other people's romantic interest in me rather than just like appreciating the romantic connection I had with that person for whatever time it was. And for whatever learning we got to do together. Right. That's kind of how I see it now. Um, <laughs> but you know, I've, I've done a lot of work around that. Um, investing in friendships that don't nourish me. Uh, God, it's like going to, uh, my friend Rachel says this about, um, uh rough people she says it's like going to a well for water and a lot of times that well just splashes at you or like says something mean or nasty right and like and yet you keep going to that well for water right um drinking coffee drinking alcohol sugar dairy soy gluten and for a time corn uh, all of that kind of happened in a similar range of time around the similar dietary uh, issues that I was just referring to Um, late night, Netflix, binging, that's recent Um, criticizing people. I love that's within the last year, Uh, emotional eating. um, And, and I'll say this, I haven't fully released emotional eating as a habit, but I've definitely changed it from a habit to more of like a mindful harm reduced experience. Meaning I still sometimes do emotionally eat, but I do so knowing and understanding that I'm emotionally eating, not just like eating without like really getting in the brain about what am I doing and why am I doing it? Right. Um, and so That's just a list. I'm sure there's other habits I've released, but those are big ones. Um, God, if you had told me I would give up sugar, I would have laughed at you. Like there's so much I've done that I'm just like, wow, I'm so grateful. I've always been open-minded, you know, and I wasn't always open-minded. I'll say that too. As a young, much younger person, I was very black and white thinker. I was very much you're wrong, I'm right. Like, ugh, I don't even care about being right now. I can be right a lot. And I don't care. I feel so neutral about being right. I don't need to be right. Like, you know what I mean? It's like such a freeing and liberating experience to not care about that kind of stuff and to not try to find your value outside of yourself, right? Um, And and when you can find a satisfaction in life um, that comes from a place of more simplicity, I mean, that for me, it's, it's really just so funny. It just, I talked about this in uh, the episode a few weeks ago when I talked about living tiny, the simplicity is actually setting me free. It's really allowing me to have a much higher quality of life than, um, than I did when I was, you know, eating cupcakes, you know, and even just not like I was eating cupcakes every day, but just eating a casual cupcake. I don't even do that anymore. It's, it's wild. Okay. So also I just want to say too, like, the way foods have interacted with my body and just kind of like, you know, told my body this doesn't serve you right. Like that's what I like to say. Um, it doesn't feel fair. Um, it's not fair, right? Like his life isn't fair. And, um, and there's a, a lot of people who can like eat cupcakes, drink sweet tea. And, um, drink a bottle of I don't know bourbon and have no experience whatsoever that is harmful in their body but for me it is immediate and intense and difficult to sustain so um but here's the thing like I kind of accepting the fact that life isn't fair is also a liberating thing because pretty much anything that is like coming up as an obstacle in your life is just uh part of the story of who you're becoming and how good life can get. Right. Um, and you know, that was just something I learned early on was that like, it's not fair that some people get to drink sweet tea, uh, and have no effect. And some people do. And it like, just get, makes you get real sick. Um, But the true thing in life is that if nothing changes, nothing changes. Your habits really do make your life. Um, And I think now that we're like six months into this corona quarantine, we're all seeing like kind of how um, what we've been doing this whole time is affecting us now. Um, I am super grateful that uh, my life fell apart last year <laughs> because I had to get very serious about my mental health. And a lot of how I got serious about my mental health was through habits. And that was forming habits that nourished me um, and doing them every day. Like pretty much if I don't do something every day, it's probably not getting done. So it's like when I when I really make a decision to do something, I take a little action every single day. Um, and it's been helping me a whole lot. Um, but one of the first things that like, needed to happen for me when I started making a lot of these big changes, because really only a couple, uh only three of those things that I mentioned, nail biting self hate and shaming my own body. Those things uh, happened in my 20s. Everything else happened 30 or later. Um, and and that was a lot of things I did in my 30s uh, to release. And I have to say, I think part of that was being willing to change. I wasn't that willing to change when I was in my 20s. That was when I was my most obnoxious, I think it was like this kind of like weird, um, place of just, I don't know. It was just, whatever I was who I was. I don't think everybody loves who they were in their twenties. Um, but, um, something that I had to learn and that's, this is kind of that turning point was learning how to change my language and how important language was to, um, changing circumstances and, um, kind of being in a position to be able to change, um, was just figuring out how my language was uh, holding me back. And I could do a whole podcast about your language and like how that affects you. But I want to say I'm very intentionally using the words nourish and no longer serving um, in terms of how I talk about habits. I'm not saying bad habits and I'm not saying good habits. I'm saying nourishing habits, things that nourish you. Think about the word nourish. It just means to, it's nutrients. It's it's the things you need for life. Your breath nourishes you, right? Movement nourishes your body. Um, You know, if you're, you know, vitamins and nutrients nourish you, right? Um, And no longer serving, sometimes habits really do serve you, you know? Um, There was a big thing that I learned when I was doing Al-Anon recovery, um, uh, which was Al-Anon is is a 12-step program for people who are affected by someone else's drinking. So I have... I have a lot, a lot of different places where I'm affected, um, and doing that recovery was super helpful because um, it helped me to understand that the things that were in my character that were quote defects, right, like things that were were kind of creating problems in my life based on that behavior, um, were a result of survival mechanisms I developed in a very chaotic and traumatic childhood. So that's like, you know, it's like it's not your fault that you developed these survival mechanisms. But it is your responsibility to change them um, once you're recognizing that they're causing harm, either to you or to other people. Um, And, you know, and and this is the thing, like, you're not going to change a habit. um, You're not going to change everything about yourself overnight, but truly... Small, smart changes over time create radical results. You would be amazed at how much can change over the course of five years, um, really even over the course of 90 days. It's such a potent period of time to really make some change. And think about that. like 90 days is just half of the corona quarantine so far. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're listening to this in like 2022. So maybe we're still in the pandemic. I don't know. But I'm just saying like, just think about the potency of like a season. I really like to think of things in seasons. Um, and uh, and that's been really helpful just to like kind of know that like nothing, uh, you know, nothing in nature blooms all year long. Right. So like, I really like to see nature as a guide to like human, um, human greatness. Um, anyway, so Really just like changing your language around like these habits. um, It kind of helps you to release the morality and shame because shame doesn't create change. If shame created change, we live in a fat phobic culture where people are shamed for being fat. And yet shame actually makes fat people gain weight. It doesn't actually help people lose weight. And if people like, you know, in, in a fat phobic culture, if people could choose to be thin, most people would. Right. So like why is, why isn't the shame working? Well, cause shame doesn't work. Um, so that's like, you know, our outside society thinks you shame people and they make changes. And that's not true. Actually, if you love people, you'd be amazed at how much they'd be willing to change. Um, and just creating a loving environment. And it starts inside you like this. I say this all the time about judgment, but basically when people are judging you, um, and being mean or nasty to you, they are 10 times worse to themselves It's so true. Um, And I just think about like how much kinder I can be now than I was before when I was a really mean person to myself. Um, So just being willing to like kind of tinker with how you're talking to yourself about the things you're doing. Um, And, you know, just like having a good perspective uh, with yourself on what you need to change. Um, Because mindset is like crucial. In fact, probably the biggest part of success is just it's changing the way you think. Um, and if you can just like really give yourself a nourishing perspective, you know what I mean? Like, and this is like maybe more neutral than it is, um, overall like energetic chipper versus, um, mean or nasty, right? Like just getting really neutral about what's going on in your life. Um, I really like the 12 step rubric of awareness, acceptance, and action. And that's how you change something. So basically, first you become aware that it's a problem or that it's a problem for you, right? Um, And then you accept it. This is the hardest one, I think, for most folks, um, especially me. Um, But it's also the one that's the most important because until you truly accept what's going on or you accept, you know, why it's happening, um, you're not going to make lasting change. Um, And then you take action, right? And sometimes you don't even need to take action. Sometimes it just kind of falls off. Like if you no longer need a habit, you might just not want to do it anymore. It's kind of amazing how some of my habits have just kind of like been in, okay, I just kind of don't want to do this anymore. Um, That's kind of what happened with late night Netflix binging. Like I knew it was a problem. I knew it was like keeping me from getting enough sleep. I need a ton of sleep. I... Being accepting the fact that Dolly Parton can get by on four hours of sleep. I don't know how. And I know a lot of people who sleep only four hours. They don't need any more. But I need a solid eight hours, sometimes 11. Um, And I just don't, I don't have any shame about it. I just like accept that that's what my body needs. um, And I give my body that kind of rest. But uh, that really cuts into the mindless bullshit that I can do, right? Like if I want to, I'm, it's so funny. I'm living, um, in this, this life where I'm living with a lot less money and, you know, out of necessity of actually, here's another habit I forgot to mention. Um, I've given up randomly buying crap off Amazon. Um, I used to buy stuff all the time. Like whenever, um, like with, with my ex, like we had this very, like, if we had a problem, solve it on Amazon kind of thing, like constantly buying stuff. And then when I was decluttering my house and getting rid of 85% of, all of that crap we accumulated. Like I was like, we didn't need half of this stuff. We didn't even use half of this stuff. And it was such a waste of money. And like, and it didn't solve our problems. And so now that I don't, I don't have money to spend on that kind of thing. I'm really trying to build my business and get out of debt and like really kind of turn the ship away from, um, putting my impact on the world, uh, in front of my financial well Um, and, you know, kind of releasing these things, these little dopamine hits that you get from, you know, just binging a program or, um, and I don't think binging is necessarily bad. And I will say I did just binge, um, the morning show cause God, it was really good. And also I didn't do it in a late night sort of, um, sort of numbing out losing myself way I did it in a mindful couple episodes at a time like nourishing way where I actually really enjoyed it um and that's the thing is like I really want to enjoy the stuff I'm doing and I think like for me late night netflix binging wasn't true enjoyment um and so and and it was it was just one of those things where like I kind of just was aware that it wasn't really serving me and then I accepted that it wasn't serving me but I was doing it anyway and then I just kind of stopped wanting to do it and then also I partially I, I lost my internet connection at home for six weeks. And so that really helped me release it because I didn't have the option to do it anymore. And then now I don't want to. So it's been really helpful to just have that kind of like a slower process around releasing things rather than needing it to be like all or nothing. Right. Um, so another thing that has helped me a lot is just gathering data before needing to make a change or make or take action, right? Um, Some of us, I think, are really addicted to change and constantly mixing it up, um, but not like really sustaining things. So um, for me, I was very quick to take action as soon as I thought something was, quote, wrong. But in 2019, I made that my year of data, um, which was really just, like, I wanted to start tracking things, tracking my moods, tracking how um, certain actions were affecting my moods, um, and really just wanting to, like, kind of get a handle on my mental health and get a little steadier. Um, And I had no idea the year that was unfolding for me. I mean, if you go back to episode one of this podcast, it was already a surprise year, and it got even harder. So... It was not the year I thought it would be, but it did help me slow down and think about things and really get me um, to understand how things were really affecting me. So something I did, which was um, to increase a habit that nourishes me, I knew that dancing created a lot of joy for me. It still creates, it creates a lot of joy for me. Dancing is like a core thing that I do that brings me joy. And, um, and obviously I teach an aerobics class back at dance party. Um, Which involves dancing and choreography. And, um, but last year, much of the year, like I was literally only dancing um, for the hour that I was teaching my class for my online uh, weekly aerobics class um, on Patreon. And it I'm so glad I had it. Cause like honestly, I haven't skipped a week of faga Dance Party since I started it three and a half years ago. So that's good, right? That that consistency has really helped actually because you know, I'm I'm both the creator and founder and a client um of Faggot Dance Party. But like outside of that, I was not dancing and I knew I needed to be dancing every day. I knew I needed that portal to joy every day. So that's when I started dancing in the forest. When I first moved up here um, to the uh, beautiful Olympic Peninsula in Washington State, um, I started taking walks in the forest every day and dancing and recording a little, you know, 15 second clip, I would dance for like 60 seconds, pick the funnest 15 seconds and put it on Instagram stories. And they became my accountability partner. (laughs) But you know, and people like me dancing in the forest. So I don't think it's uh, it's a bad thing, but that's how I started dancing more. Um, and I knew I needed it. And then I started gathering data around like, Oh, okay. Like on days where I've danced earlier in the day, I'm more likely to keep dancing and to like spontaneously dance and to actually experience more present joy. Um, and I also got into, especially after, um, the quarantine hit, um, I heard this, uh, quote about being of good cheer. And I really took that to heart. Be of good cheer. And I really think one of my strengths is my enthusiasm and my cheerfulness. And, I, you know, I wear cheer bows all the time. I'm kind of slightly obsessed with uh, reclaiming. Being a high school cheerleader because I felt like I couldn't even try out for the squad because I was too poor to afford the uniforms and I was fat. So like I figured, I was like there was a, you know I was just counting myself out before even trying. So now as an adult, I just really try to reclaim that that cheerleader lifestyle. And um, I didn't want to be a tumbling cheerleader. I want to say I wanted to be a classic sideline cheerleader. Like do some rhymes, do some fun stuff with my arms, kick my leg up, and have a good old time. Right. So you know, now I teach aerobics. I think I'm doing fine, but I wanted to be of good cheer. And I could not deny the data that I kept gathering on, um, when I moved earlier in the day, like when I taught, I taught an aerobics class at like 7am, uh, early in the pandemic for an event. And I was, I felt great all day long. And I was like, oh man, I'm not, I have to say this. I'm a reluctant morning person. I don't, I'm, I have recognized and appreciate that, when I wake up now, I move right into meditation, which is a very um, low demand thing to do first thing in the morning, right? Like it is, it's it's a good first thing, in, or it's. I'm, trying not to see. I'm constantly working on my language. It is a nourishing thing to do first thing in the morning. People recommend it. um, But also it really helps if you're a grumpy in the morning person, as I have been historically. Um, Starting my day slow with meditation and some devotional practice and affirmations. And then I move into movement. Um, And I I have favorite songs that I play when I move uh, in the morning. And it's my time when I work on my choreography for faculty dance party. But like all of that came from like just gathering data, recognizing how much it helped me, but like it is not my inclination to want to get out on the dance floor first thing in the morning, but I can't deny how good it feels and how nourishing it is for my body. Right. So that was something that I had to really slow and steady move into and truly Slow and steady wins the race when it comes to releasing habits that don't serve you or developing habits that do nourish you. Um, I also, for me, I have to sometimes just get fed up. Like right now, and I don't want to be like all high and mighty. Like I don't have uh, habits that aren't serving me. I definitely have a few things actually. What inspired me to do this episode was because I have like um, a big block around wanting to um, manage my finances. And, you know, as a, a do my bookkeeping as a small business person, I hate it so much. But it, the habit of avoiding it is not serving me. So I'm really working on releasing that. So uh, I wanted to do this episode to remind me of all the work I've done over time, and then I can do this too. So but slow and steady, and letting yourself get fed up with yourself. Sometimes I just have to get fed up with myself. And like, so sick of my own bullshit that <laughs> I have to do something else. Um, I also want to remind you of the power of 21 days or 66 days. I've heard it said both ways that you need 21 days to start a habit or release a habit or 66 days to, to cement it. Um, and I, I kind of follow both. I, I will add another habit after 21 days, but I only add one habit at a time. Um, and, but I really actually try to. Um, stick to that 66 days and really land it. Um, I also really believe in not stopping. Uh, Sometimes for me, just momentum is what keeps me going in having released something is just to just stay on the streak. You know what I mean? Just one day at a time. It's very, very 12-steppy, but it's it's helpful, right? Um, And also just recognizing sometimes it's about um, harm reduction versus completely ending something, right? Like what I talked about, earlier about emotional eating like sometimes I want to eat emotionally sometimes I want to eat a gluten-free brownie about it you know like it's it's uh, it's just what I need or want at that time right and so I'm just recognizing that rather than just mindlessly doing it because and this is it's also body stuff like it was just really affecting my digestion the next day I just could not deny as I was gathering data I was like oh I emotionally ate last night and today my tummy hurts oh huh um So that's, it's just like recognizing that like, sometimes you can like shift things out, right? And so um, just recognizing that you have options and that sometimes reducing harm uh, is better than nothing. Um, And, you know, and sometimes doing harm reduction, like sort of swapping habits out for something that's like mildly less harmful is also helpful. So like having something to replace a habit with. Um, I had a great coach once who was um, talking about, like quitting smoking. And every time they wanted to go quit smoking, or every time they wanted a cigarette, they would go for a five minute run and just literally just like move their body and change their energy. Um, So they were replacing the smoking with something else. And something that I really like to think about when I'm thinking about what I can replace something with is um, what satisfy what's the need I'm getting fulfilled, like emotional or spiritual or whatever, um, that that this habit is creating for me uh, or filling for me what need is it and then just figuring out something else I can fill that need that's harm reduced right or it's nourishing um so and also having a plan um you can't just say like I don't want you know like when I was giving up drinking coffee because this is a digestion thing I was like crap like how I was obsessed with coffee I loved coffee I still think coffee smells amazing it tastes good oh coffee but it hurts so bad um, so I started drinking tea, um, and I was not into tea at first, but I decided to start really understanding tea and digging into it. And I developed an incredible passion for it just by learning more about it and like getting into it. And honestly, I was able to kind of shift my coffee obsession into tea and tea is a nourishing thing. It actually really helps me a lot of times. So, um, that's like a thing to think about, like, what can you kind of add in there and do differently? Um. I also think like people you hang out with, like kind of create your habits a lot of times. And you want to think about the five people you spend the most time with and like, what are they doing? Are they doing the habits that you're trying to release? Maybe don't hang out with them so much. Maybe hang out with people who don't do that thing. Um, And also like increasing my self image, my body love and my leadership skills have really helped me with my habits because loving myself into change has worked shaming myself into change never worked. And so uh, there's a lot out there. I can't, I can't even go into self image, body love and leadership skills. There's a lot in that that you can dig into. But that has those have all really helped me a lot. Um, And also, like with food stuff, it's really about me giving up on morality and like over food, like clean eating is such a gross term. I really just like nourishing, right? Um, It's, just not having a moral imperative about it, but just looking at my overall quality of life and how my food choices were affecting that. Um, And then also recently that's been helping me a lot with habits is getting clear about my values and my mission in life. So when I was thinking about being of good cheer, like in this time of Corona, I was like, well, you know, dancing in the morning helps me be of good cheer. And that helps me like really get my mission out there, um, to, to just uplift other people. That's what I want to be. I want to be an uplifter. And if I'm feeling crabby, I'm not uplifting people. So I'm, I'm doing things that help me not feel crabby. Um, So I do a lot of daily habits every day, Um, and I am going to actually go over those. Um, This is like a teaser. I'm going to go over those in my Patreon. I do a a monthly update uh, over there for folks um, subscribed at, at any level. You can get my updates. Um, And that's at patreon.com slash FKDP, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash FKDP. And that stands for Fat Kid Dance Party, which is my aerobics class for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. um, If you've ever been called too fat, too much, or felt too awkward to dance, this is definitely the supportive class for you. Minimum participation is just showing up and cheering along. you got that. You can do any or all of it from a chair. on my Patreon membership, uh, anybody at any level can attend my 11 AM Saturday Pacific time zoom aerobics class. Uh, but for 25 bucks a month, you get access to six aerobics classes at a time, uh, a 10 minute, 20 minute, uh, 45 minute to 55 minute and a chair aerobics class. Um, and I swap out a new Uh, a new one every week. I upload a new one. Um, so I'm always keeping it fresh. And, um, and right now for the next six months, if you show up to Facu Dance Party once a week, every week for 12 weeks in a row for a streak, I'm going to buy you a t-shirt. So I will send you a t-shirt, uh, whatever size I have, all the sizes. Um, but I really just want to reward your consistency because consistency is truly, uh, the victory, right? Like I've seen so many cool people, um, in my classes who are regular attendees really change things about their lives. I don't know if it was directly from my class or from what the class opens up. We do a lot of dreaming and visioning, but I've seen people get promotions, um, that they visualize for in class. I've seen people change their personal style. I've seen people, um, open up to new gender stuff. I've seen people, um, start well they've told me that they've started dancing in public and having never done that before i've seen people go from Fakie dance party um gain confidence and then start doing stuff like crossfit and just being complete badasses so there is just like you know FACI dance party really meets you where you're at um and it's uh it's really i think way more about mindset than movement um but of course it is a movement class so if you want to join me there uh patreon fkdp. Um, and on there in my updates, I'm going to go through every single habit that I do my daily, weekly, monthly habits, um, that I think are just propelling me forward. I've gotten really intense about daily habits over the last year. Um, and it's been super nourishing for me, especially my mental health. Like I, I was in a rough spot this winter, um, after a really, really hard year, but I had all these daily habits and it just helped me keep going. Um, cause when you're going through hell, don't get a hotel. That's a saying I love, um, but it's true. So um, if you want those, you can go over there. It's like a little side episode, but I did get some questions about releasing habits um, from folks over on my Instagram stories. Um, and I wanted to address them here. And if you ever have questions for me or things you want to ask uh, for the podcast, you can email me fat at gmail.com. Um, I love getting questions and it helps me figure out what can help, what can help serve you from this podcast. Um, But the first question I got from somebody, from Manda, shout out to Manda, was how to stop scrolling. Uh, Scrolling, oh, such a good uh, thing to think about, or or such a, here I am using the word good again. This is is a great question, how to stop scrolling. So um, I have done this work before. Um, I really love a targeted approach to social media. I myself love social media. Some people, um, are very not nourished by social media and they are served by releasing it entirely. And you can totally do that. Um, I, if you don't want to release it entirely, I like the harm reduced targeted approach, which means I do not allow the algorithm to run my life. Your attention is one of the most important resources you have and assets you have. And that is what advertisers are clamoring for. And, um, you know, they just, they want your attention, right? So give your attention to the things that nourish you figure out, like I would say the top five or 10 people on social that you like. Um, and you could even set up, I did this last summer when I was off social media, I set up a little side account just with the 10, the 10 people who either nourished me or had kids. I wanted to make sure I was watching grow up. Uh, really helped me stop scrolling. Cause I had like maybe 10 or 15 minutes um, to consume everything. I could get to the full feed by just having 10 people. Um, and then I wasn't like scrolling away. Um, it gave me a targeted approach. Right. But I also just like, I do this now. I, I don't use my side account anymore. Cause I lost the password, but um, I now just do a targeted approach. There's like maybe four people that I want to make sure I watch their Instagram stories and I I pay attention to their feed because they're people who really uplift and nourish me. So um, I love a targeted approach rather than just literally scrolling. Um, I have succeeded in stopping scrolling by replacing it with a different app. Play a little game instead of scrolling. Like sometimes the scrolling is just to do the thing like where you're just numbing out you know, and like, and it's it's a lot of habits uh, that don't serve us come from just numbing out and wanting to escape our experience of life. Um, And so if you want to, if you're numbing out and you want to just do something differently, you can replace it with a different app. Um, You can, I also kind of like reading instead of doing social media. So you can like just read books on your phone. Um, I started one of my daily habits is reading every day. Um, And I have read in the last year, like I read 23 books I read a few of them a, a couple times because I, I wanted to get more out of them. So I'm just saying, if you just started reading instead of doing social media, you could really change your life in a year just based on what you could learn from the, And just think about it books are people's best. Like every author I know who has really toiled in a book has been giving you their blood, sweat, and tears. Um, I was uh, one of my Reiki clients was writing a book while we were working together, and it was. It was nasty and hard. Um, She really dug into the depths, but it was a great book. So I'm just saying people's books are amazing and they're way more work and more um, depth than what you'll get from an Instagram post. So, and also getting off your phone entirely. You could just read paper books instead of being on your phone. You can put your phone in another room. You can, my friend has a technology free room in her house um, where they just literally just have an agreement in that house. They don't do technology in the living room. Um, And I think that's amazing. So just getting creative about um, ways to just interrupt that habit. Because a lot of times habits are just things that we do that is um, so ingrained in us that it's become just a behavior. This is why you want habits that nourish you because that ingrain um, really helps to build things. That's those small changes over time that compound exponentially. Um, But if you can, but you got to interrupt it and you got to get a plan. So just kind of figure out like when you start to scroll how to stop yourself or just don't ever start scrolling. Right. Um, another question I got was how to shift uh, from mental health coping habits uh, that maybe bloom out of anxiety versus a regular habit. Um, and this person uh, gave me the example of like sleeping with the TV on because it helps their anxiety. Um, but like, you know, versus just like drinking soda, right? So there's a lot. um, This is like where uh, I talked earlier about like really getting into what's the need that this is serving. Um, And, and you know what, sometimes like mental health coping habits are better than the alternative, right? Like, um, I know some people uh, with OCD who smoke, you know what I mean? Because they just they need it. Um, And, you know, the, the mental health harm that comes from them not doing it is too much. And so That's what they do. Whatever. I'm not here to judge anybody. So, um, but like, just think about like a harm reduced thing um, that you can do with that. Right. Um, I also know a lot of folks like um, who can't approach weight loss, um, even when diagnosed with it, which like I could also do a whole other other episode about medicalized fat phobia. Um, And so many people I, I know and love have been killed by people being prescribed weight loss rather than having their actual symptoms researched by doctors. Um, so medicalized fat phobia, uh, is a nemesis of mine. Um, but like basically some people get prescribed weight loss, but one of the best kind of reactions you can have if you have like mental health issues around like experiences of weight loss, right? Like, um, it's very, very detrimental to mental health often to pursue weight loss goals. And so, um, you can say that you can just say like, Hey, like this doesn't serve my mental health. So, you know, like I, you know, and sometimes you just kind of like you need the. I think mental health is honestly just the cornerstone of a uh, life worth living, um, in many ways. Like just and, and and whatever that means to you, right? Like um, just whatever feels. I think health is such a personal thing. It can't be defined by somebody else. Someone else can say, like, "quote This is healthy," but like most of the time, the people who are saying that have ulterior motives that have to do with like um, systems of oppression. Right. Um, So like fat phobia, racism, like homophobia, like there's so many things that kind of intersect in this like uh, realm of like what it means to be healthy. But like, I think you are the expert on your mental health and what makes your life worth living. So like, you know, if you have a habit, that's like a coping habit that's helping you make life worth living, do that because you I'd rather you stay alive. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's. That that, just I I don't know. That's my perspective. Take it or take it or leave it. It's fine. But um, you know, I just think like creating a life worth living is is totally worth it. And um screw what other people think, you know, like screw other people's shaming of your behaviors or whatever you're doing, right? So maybe you need that thing and maybe it's okay, right? Um, but I also was thinking this through and I was really digging into it and I was like kind of thinking about different ways people use cannabis. I'm a big believer that much of cannabis use is medical, right? Like, um, even re- some recreational cannabis use, like when you're just smoking to have fun, sometimes you need to, sometimes you need, sometimes I need cannabis to turn off the asshole in my brain. You know, that's often what I use cannabis for. Um, and I also use cannabis to help with my chronic digestive disorder. I also use it for stress reduction, which helps my chronic digestive disorder. Right. Um, and I use it to help my mental health. Um, but I also very consciously don't use it to numb out, um, and take me away from reality. I, I will say I do enjoy sometimes the psychedelic moments on cannabis when I can get there, but you know, my tolerance is pretty high now. Um, but like last year when I was having a really hard year, um, instead of using cannabis to numb out, um, and take me away from reality, I would just use meditation. So I was like meditating an hour a day, um, to take me away from reality. Cause reality is really hard. <laughs> to live in and I was like well meditation helps so I'm going to do this nourishing thing um and sometimes I I meditate with cannabis most of the time I don't so I don't know I was just kind of like figuring out the difference between cannabis as a numbing out mechanism versus uh cannabis to like make other self-care possible or cannabis because you know sometimes smoking uh or smoking or consuming cannabis in whatever way. And I say this also like with CBD and non-psychoactive use too, can really help you like dig into other self-care. It might make yoga more tolerable in a, in a achy body. Right? Like, so anyway, that's kind of my thought on uh, shifting from mental health coping habits uh, versus regular habits. Um, But again, Like, all of this is just from my perspective. Like, I don't judge anyone for whatever they choose to do. I think that everyone's doing the best they can with what they have. We have a profoundly difficult world to live in. Um, And I think that you're doing amazing. I mean, the fact that you're even listening to a podcast about this means that you at least have the awareness to want to change something, right? Or that you're at least open-minded enough to think about it. And that's a huge victory because most people just go through their life by accident. Um, The last six months of the coronavirus, like I didn't stop my mental health habits and I only kept adding to stuff and I feel very nourished. My mental health feels really strong. I feel really strong. I feel like I'm in a really good place, like emotionally. And I don't, if you had told me there'd be a global pandemic and I'd feel like I was in a solid place a year ago, I, I was not in a solid place a year ago. So I'll say that like, you know, but I went this six months, these past six months on purpose, because I've been living my life on purpose for a while. Um, And so just know this time is going to pass no matter what, like your life is going to keep lifing um, and life is going to keep lifing at you. Right. Like that's always going to happen. But you can choose to just keep moving through it. Um, And just know that life is life is struggle. There is, you know, it doesn't have to feel like a struggle all the time, but life is not, it's not designed to be, um, a straight line, right? Like it's a windy road. I, if this is a Cheryl Crow song. I don't know. But um, <laughs> it is just like, supposed to be a weird wild journey. And um, you know, this is your habits kind of make you or break you, right? So um, I hope this helps. If you have other questions, feel free to hit me up on email, at dance gmail.com. Um, and I just wish you all the best of luck. I know that you are completely valuable exactly as you are. There's literally nothing you need to change to be valuable. Like your value is inherent. It's already there. Um, And right, like, so the only thing you can do is just get better, right? Because life, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the truth. If you do no changes in your life, you're actually going backwards because the entire world around you is constantly changing. Look at nature. It's constantly changing. And if you're not changing too, right? Even just a little bit, all the time. And that's really where change is. It's small. I think I've said this three times in this episode, but it's basically small, smart changes over time create radical results, right? So the time is going to go by. Um, You're already valuable. There's nothing you need to do about your behavior to make you valuable, but it makes your life more satisfied and it makes it worth living. So anyway, I hope this helps. I love you so much and we'll talk soon.